Ow. Oh, there's a man standing on the bridge. What? Yes, he looks like, look at that. His name is Matt. No, we don't know his name. It looks like he may commit suicide. Ah, oh. Suicide is badass. What? We gotta get on the same page, otherwise we're gonna have to do it over and over and over. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one has been staffed and our five has been staffed. I am going to call from Washington. I am in a situation where the Americans are under possible hijack. What's going on? Their traffic is erratic again. In honor of Dia de los Muertos, it seems pertinent to talk about death. After all, death is a part of life. This is true no matter how much we may not want to accept it. In times past, we had an easier time accepting death because it was a part of everyday life. Who are safer drivers, men or women? Well, according to a new survey, 55% of adults feel that women are most responsible for minor fender bends, while 78% blame men for most fatal crashes. Please note that the percentage of these pie graphs do not add up to 100% because the math was done by a woman. For those of you hissing at that joke, it should be noted that that joke was written by a woman, so. Ten million dollars, or kill yourself right now. What are you picking? I mean, ten million dollars, what the fuck? You want to see how you get screwed out of ten million dollars? Just like, <laughs> you're going to get Bugs Bunny scammed out of ten million, and you want to see that play out? Mr. Cameron, why do you have a glass half-empty view about ten million dollars falling into your life? Listen, even if I, I, even if I could only keep like fifty bucks, man, like that would still be an uh, uh, come up. You know what I mean? That's you, a that's a pizza or something. Do you think if they could take ten million and I like I'll leave you fifty? No, they're gonna take it all. Probably. So, I actually I actually saw uh, an Instagram reel today, and it was a dude breaking down how much of your wages every day go towards taxes, housing, all that kind of stuff. It's like you have like 5% of your actual money like that you can like put aside. That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, Rebecca got a raise today. Nice. So $26 an hour now. That's fucking good. That's dude. real people money. I need me a sugar mama. You know, just, I played around and then, you know, I, I had to make my life decision at 18. Yeah, <laughs> played around. <laughs> You know, I was weighing my options between second and third period, and it was kind of, you know. And just as soon as I was out of high school, I'm like, all right, settle down, cowboy. We need to, we need to think about our 50s now. Ridiculous. You know what is all, else is ridiculous? What? Podcasting. Yeah. Especially when you're on Chaotic Pussy. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Chaotic Pussy. That, and this is what it are sounds we calling, like. Are we calling this, this is episode zero. Yeah. Because this could be complete dog water. Post-draft. <laughs> yeah. Post-draft. My first fantasy football draft. And, and you got... You tricked some kids into thinking you, you're nasty. Oh, yeah. Well, fifth graders think I'm real cool regardless, so, you know. Oh, you're talking about your brother. Yeah, I'm talking about some people... <laughs> I, I'm talking about people in the room. <laughs> yo, your brother... Yo, your buddy fucking knows football, dude. He got... I don't even know. It was the Jets running back, right? Yeah, it was Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Picked him up and just like, damn, I wanted him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the only name I knew before today that is on my team is Russell Wilson. That's it. That, that's, that's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> just, but, but hey, you know, 
we needed a 10th team. And, you know, he made me, like, he's like, all right, take the picture of me emailing Steven that I need him to know, be ready at 7 o'clock. It is going to be very fun to be able to talk shit at work about uh, dumb sports shit. Oh, yeah, just being, you know, an Eagles fan. I, even up until last year when they lost to the Chiefs, I was like, Oh my god, when the Eagles beat the Niners, oh my god, just flexing on all of them dumbasses. You know, Sacramento Kings represent. Absolutely. Uh, did you make a Google sheet for the podcast? No. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> I, I would have assumed in the same way you did for, you know, uh, Boyfriend's Game Night, you would have done something similar. N- no, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I remember... You know, speaking of game night, uh, one of the things that, you know, was on the note we were talking about, just like, like, when did you first get a GameCube? Because I feel like all, everyone's college stories is like playing, you know, Double Dash drunk. Or like, for Smash Brothers, it wasn't Brawl or 64, it was Melee. I was a PlayStation kid, so I didn't have a GameCube. Uh-huh. But, uh, went over to my buddy's place. Uh, must have been... Freshman year of high school. And he had a GameCube. Actually, my first experience, like, seeing anything GameCube related was there was a kid in seventh grade band. Just a kid at that point. He eventually became a good friend of mine. But mm-hmm. he brought in, every day for, like, the week after it came out, the Metroid Prime Strategy Guide. Oh, not, not, not the game, the set, the book. No, because when you're in, you know... You know this, but when you're 12 years old, like, you're doing anything, you know, now we have phones, but, like, that was an escape while you were at school. You could just look at that guide and your head was elsewhere, you know what I mean? Sure. But now kids are just looking at, you know, their phone or whatever for the same thing, but... In senior high school, I had my uh, 12th grade English teacher played Melee, so I would bring it in and just, like, I didn't care about my, like, the friend group I had, like, through, like, whatever typical teenage drama just ate itself mm-hmm. at the end of junior year. So mm-hmm. I just played Smash Brothers with the guy grading my papers. Well, let's let's get into that. Let me hear if you can recall, because this was fairly recent history for you, let's be honest. Yeah. This was less than a decade ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember five years ago, because it's all fucking blur. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I got five years ago. Last <laughs> okay, so what was the drama in middle school it was, that broke the friend group up? It was, you know, classic, uh, the, so we had, like, probably, like, six to eight kids in our, like, group that hang out at our friend Michael's house on weekends, but then it would be a thing of the couple that was together the longest broke up, and then two of the guys in the group was like, oh, she's single now, but then, after, like, three weeks, she was like, no, I still only love, you know, Christian. Yeah. So then the other guys were like, ah, fuck. And then they went with girls outside of the friend group, one of them being my ex. And I didn't, you know, like, at the time, I was, like, you know, pissed off. But, I mean, you know, now it's, like, whatever. And I knew at the time, and it's true now, like, they're not together anymore, but. What did the relationship look like? This was middle school. No, this was high school. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, even still. What was the high school relationship like? Because I feel like there were high school relationships that were, you know, they had been dating for a year, but they only saw each other during school hours. Oh, no, they fucked. <laughs> okay. If that's what you meant. 
no, Christian, <laughs> yeah. Christian and his girlfriend, who are still together, yeah. are, yeah. Dude, there's nothing, like, I, I, I mean, I envy those individuals that are able to have sex with one or two people, and then they somehow are able to make it work with those one or two people. Yeah. Because, uh, man, like, when you're, <laughs> Yeah. Just time goes by. Because the odds of you hitting the chaotic pussy window within that short time frame <laughs> are very small. Again. And once you've met the chaotic pussy, you can't really break free of it. It's it's always in the back of your mind. You, I mean, you hit on this, like, earlier, but my generation, like, through internet and stuff, like, kind of got oh, you, into oh, that stuff earlier. Yeah, and you guys didn't fuck. Most of us did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all, because everyone's jerking off all the time. Right, but like yeah. ages 15, 16 was probably my most like active years for that. Sure. And then by seven, by age 17, full depression hit, and I was just, I wasn't even red at anything. I was just yeah. gray. Yeah. Just, I'd listen to Comtown every day, <laughs> every waking moment, and uh, all of senior years walking through hallways and making people laugh by just repeating their jokes. Yeah, that's the best, when you're just quoting shit and nobody else is on to the shit you're into, and you yeah. just seem like you're... Although, at a, some point, I, I recognize that, like, that's all comedy is, right? It's not necessarily original thoughts. It's just uh, all in the delivery and timing and that sort of stuff. Um, I've watched a lot of... I don't watch as much stand-up anymore, but I like listening to stand-ups talk. So mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts that stand-ups host, especially, like, during quarantine and stuff. And, yeah, just hearing about, like, their writing process and stuff. Uh I think the best. I think the best comedians understand that what they're doing is bullshit. There, are, there are always those guys that, for whatever reason, think that they're like true philosophers. And it's like, no, dude, you're just having the balls to get on stage and be able to like spin a funny story. You're not actually, you don't have like these truths, these great truths that you're telling more often than not. There were like two dudes that did that. It was like it was like Hicks and Carlin, and that was it. <laughs> um, and obviously, all like the like legendary like black comedians of like the seventies and eighties, but. For the most part, it's just dudes getting up there, just being, you know, telling chaotic pussy stories. Honestly, that's that's all it is. Uh, I think it was someone like said to Norm Macdonald, like, uh, yeah. I freaking think comedians are modern day philosophers. And yeah. Just like, oh, well, I think philosophers are modern day philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen? I forget the name of his show, but he had this like talk show, this like daily talk show, yeah. in, like the last years of his life. Yeah, I've seen clips of that. God, it was so fucking funny. He would just like make the guest read the most like fucked up things that yeah. be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's great, fantastic. And then late, super late, one of my friends in high school liked this show called Mike Tyson's Mysteries, and like that sounds like the dumbest piece of crap ever. But then he showed me a clip, mm-hmm. and this pigeon starts talking like that's Norm, and he has no fucking idea who Norm Macdonald is, but. Yeah. I, and then I just like went home and I just quickly watched like a compilation of just his lines as that fucking pigeon. Fucking that summer sucked <laughs> when he died. Did uh, it bum me out? I've never. I'm truthfully, I don't think I've ever had a celebrity death that I was like. It bummed me out because again, that whole summer for me it was um, Norm, and then. Uh, Charlie Watts, drummer of Rolling Stones. Okay. And then my grandpa. Uh, all three oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> it's like, those were like warm-ups. It was like, hey, here's these people that like maybe you listen to and idolize, but didn't actually talk with. Yeah. Had never given you a hug. Never snuck you a drink of alcohol. 
I mean, listen, I, as I told you before, there was no hug in my house. <laughs> and and, and I, I feel supported, and, like, he cares yeah. about me, and, like, he'll provide me anything, but we just don't hug. Yeah. What about Grandpa? Spence? Uh, Spence. Uh, I, I'd hug him, you know, with the the goodbye and greet, but, yeah. uh, you know, he uh, he just was, like, he was an older, like, grandpa, as opposed to, like, my parents who were really young parents. Uh, okay, so he, gotcha, gotcha. he like, moved around when I was, like, four. He'd get down on his knees and, like, to play, like, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, he, he, was, he was an old man by the time you were in middle school. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his last things of uh, going outside were watching me play games of basketball in middle school. Oh, hell yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, that's yeah. sick. No, I... My, uh, my grandma Tinker was the same, where she... She, like, didn't miss... I mean, she didn't make it to every baseball game of mine or every football game, but that's because she had 13 grandsons. So, like, she was busy uh, on Friday. On Friday night, she had, like, you know, rotation. She would catch, like, the JV game at one school and then drive 45 minutes to the next town to catch, you know, another son's varsity game or something. She was awesome. 13 grandchildren in, like, the late 90s. I think that could only happen in, like, Idaho and North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm the youngest of four on my dad's side for grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, you know, grandma's friends are like, so when are you going to be great, you know, grandma? And, and she's like, I don't know, because the first two, like, don't want kids. Mm-hmm. And then my brother, like, there's currently no, like, relationship planning going on. So he's like, so I think it's going to be my youngest whenever he wants one. <laughs> All my buddies have been getting vasectomies. I feel like that is going to be so much more common in the in the years ahead to be honest with you because nobody can afford to fucking live so like they oh, don't, yeah. they can't even afford you know the idea of having a child if you don't need someone to work the land like why would you have kids it's just extra you know as, as you just get a pet or something you know what i mean yeah yeah i want i want a dog so bad i had a dog for i fostered a dog for two weeks and mm-hmm. then just Rebecca just kept breaking down whenever she was left alone with it and I wasn't there because mm-hmm. it would just bark and she would just be afraid of, like, the building manager coming in and, like, busting down the door because the dog was barking. You guys just got to go spend time in dog parks. Like, just go hang out yeah. around dogs. I Every time I ride by the dog park on my way to work, I'm like, damn, I just want to chill here one morning. I might start doing that, actually. Just go out there with my coffee or something. In a get, book. get free dog therapy? Absolutely. Just watching them interact with each other, man, it's incredible. I know, because I had no dogs growing up, and at 13 years old, my mom got a, got a dog, and now she has two dogs, and my dad, ever since, has always had two dogs, so I always have dogs to come home to, which is nice. But Rebecca initially, was she was, like, scared of dogs. She was one of those people, until meeting me and all my, like, adorable, cuddly dogs. Well, all it takes is, like, one family member or one acquaintance to have a dog and not have it trained, man, and it fucks you up, and you're just like, like, I got bit by a dog when I was, have I told you the story when I was, like, four or five? My uncle had a a Cocker Spaniel Terrier mix, and, uh, or maybe it was just a purebred Cocker Spaniel. I had a Cocker Spaniel Terrier mix when I was younger, named Spike. He ruled. Nice. Um... But, uh, you know, Tommy Pickles? No, no, no. <laughs> Spike was named Spike because we adopted him at a uh, football game. Mm. So, oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> sick. Um, I got bit by this dog. Uh, my uncle's dog. And I guess Cocker Spaniel, like all dogs, are assholes when they're like two years old in one way or another because they're still puppies, but they're like bigger. 
mm-hmm. um, or more ferocious. And uh, in this dog's case, I like leaned over just to pet it, like, "Oh, hey, puppy!" And he just jumped up and bit me right next to my eye. So I got this. Oh, that's how I got this scar. I see. Um, I guess, and you know, obviously, like gushing blood from near my eye socket, like. My folks were freaked. I think it was just my mom, and she thought for sure I was like, gonna like not see. Wear an eye patch. Yeah, wear an eye patch for the rest of my life. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I I was young enough, and I had enough like positive interactions with dogs prior to that that like it wasn't. I don't remember ever thinking, oh no, the the doggies are scary or whatever. But. A lot of times it's just, you know, it's not even a negative experience. It's just no experience because dogs are fucking weird. They're, like, going to run at you and you make a bunch of fucking noise. They're scary if you don't know that they're just playing or whatever. Well, yeah, when I was uh, four years old, my dad and my brother were playing catch. And I was four years old, so I couldn't, like, handle, like, a 40-yard pass yet. Mm -hmm. So I just drifted off towards this dog. And the dog finally noticed me. And got having started chasing me, and I like was running for my life. It felt like just to the car to get in the car. When mm-hmm. I'm sure, like it was, it didn't even bark at me. It just really wanted to meet me, and just I, there was like a you know good two weeks where I'm like I don't know if I like dogs, but then I just see another dog on TV. I'm like I want a dog, mom, please. <laughs> I just then, you know fucking Vince wouldn't let us have anything. Yeah, wait, who's Vince? Vince is uh my mom's dad. Oh, okay, I got you, got you. You guys are all living together or something? Yeah, after uh, my parents split when I was like five or six, mm-hmm. uh, I lived with my mom for the first like four years, and we lived under her dad's rules, and her dad was old, LDS, Mormon, no TV on on Sundays. Gotcha, gotcha. Couldn't touch anything. That's why we got into degeneracy that is Super Smash Brothers Melee. It's all making sense. <laughs> We're denied playing, like, you know well-adjusted video games that are used, so we have to get into some shit that's just for complete fucking well, psychopaths. So we didn't live in the house. We lived uh, in this, uh, like, pretty much there was, like, a garage with a pool, pool room, and we turned the pool room with all these, you know, concrete floors with, like, beds and couches on it and stuff. Mm. And there we got, I remember it was a big moment getting a Wii. Like, we played the GameCube out there, but I remember getting a Wii and ordering round table and, like, ch- just playing Wii Sports for three hours for the first time. Hell yeah, dude. Honestly, that, that thing was magical. I was uh, 17 or 18 when the, the Wii came out. Maybe 17, 2006. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, having, like, motion controls that, like, seemingly actually worked, that shit ruled. And, like, everyone wanted to just hang around. It was, like, a big social thing. It was super fun. Yeah, now, ever since, like, 2013, if you try to go back to it, it's like, this fucking thing is not accurate at all. Fucking, I can't paint anything. Yeah. Sucks, and, but I I will turn it on again for uh, one of my favorite video games is Punch Out. The Wii one specifically. The new Punch Out. Yeah. If I can play that game blindfolded. I was actually just thinking because you're talking about like the accuracy of the of the Wii mode, and it reminded me because we played Mario Party the other night. Yeah. Uh, one of my first, not one of my first, but a big fight of mine, my freshman year of college with my then girlfriend was from Mario Party. Ah. We were playing. Her and her roommate were playing. It was their Wii. I just come over. We did the thing where, like, freshman year of college, it felt like on the weekends we were just finding any activity to do while we were drinking Keystone. Like, just, like, a 30-pack of Keystone Light. Sometimes it was rock band. Sometimes it was Wii. You know, whatever. Uh, And that weekend it was the Wii over at her place. And 
there's some game on the Wii Party version where you're like etching stones or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, you spray paint Or filling stones. And yeah. there was a moment where she like smacked my controller and I got real <laughs> upset. And I was like, that's not fucking cool. Like I was, I like, yeah, I like, I was upset. Uh, it was a short burst, but it was, it was a, certainly a burst of anger. And she did not like that. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we're playing this game and like. You know, it would be the same thing if she had, like, you know, shoved me while we were playing basketball or something. Like, what the hell, dude? I don't know. Bitch! <laughs> I'm trying to fucking... Yeah. I can't... I'm... God. Fucking square up. Wild. Right now. But she, uh... Yeah, definitely was a vibe killer. And, uh... I, re- I remember just being, like, immediately afterwards, like, why the fuck did I care about we fucking party? <laughs> and so ever since, I've just been like, this game is bullshit and I don't fucking give a shit about it <laughs> so we were playing it the other day and you guys knew every game and you were like we're gonna do this i was like this game fucking sucks like what are you guys talking about like this is fine yeah I, I i'll like play it. some mini games but i'm not i'm you know you thought you were gonna have andres to support you're like oh we're just playing along yeah y'all was... <laughs> andres like no 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 <laughs> fucking i'm playing to win oh. <laughs> knew all the shit all right we gotta start talking about chaotic pussy I, there's enough about video games so there's this woman who I don't find physically attractive. Um, and I haven't really been responding to her text messages in a timely manner. But she keeps messaging. So she's telling me that she landed safely in Michigan, like from the travels today. I didn't, like, I'm not related to you. Why are you texting? Why are you texting me that you landed safely? I don't know. It's it's Dating in your 30s is tough, dude, because like, there's a lot of people that are getting out of very long-term relationships and they have no idea how to like initially start casually dating a someone or casually communicating. So you say you're not physically attracted to her, but this I, person, not at all. So you haven't even like, you know, slept with them. I haven't met them. Oh, you haven't met them. No, no, no. What the hell is this? <laughs> okay. Let me, exp- let me explain how to use dating apps. So you just swipe. Oh, <laughs> you're not I, necessarily. Oh, I, Listen, I don't think I met Rebecca. Yeah. I had, I had Tinder gold. Oh, is that how you guys met? Yeah, was on Tinder? All day. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. I don't remember seeing this person's profile, but I certainly, like, after we matched, it was this kind of thing, you know. They were friendly enough, and sometimes people are just really nice, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, ladies, stop me if you've heard this one before, but they were a nice guy, or they're a nice girl, you know. I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to immediately like just tell them to fuck off but um i don't know i i, th- I think there's been a lot of times where i've maybe not every maybe this maybe that that's why we need to do a podcast so i can process this shit and you can call me out or like we can get some other people in here to analyze my brain i don't think there's anything wrong with matching with who the fuck ever on an app or yeah. giving, even giving them your phone number because that is such a non committal thing in my mind but I think that's only because I have been dating consistently uh and online since like 2015 so it's almost like a decade now I have seen how this stuff like ebbs and flows and more often than not you match with someone you might even have a bunch of fucking chemistry but your schedules just don't line up or uh like just actually scheduling a date is very difficult right I'm, I'm sensing a dig on capitalism in <laughs> that's, that's, that's always lingering in the background but the idea is like 
I think a lot of people, I've always compared, I got a lot of thoughts on dating apps, brother. I'll fucking go for <laughs> two hours on dating apps. But the idea of, uh, like, it's a tool. You, it, it's only as effective as, you know, how if you know how to use said tool. And I think a lot of people overestimate, men and women alike, and again, I can only speak to the, the cis-hetero dating experience primarily, right, uh, on dating apps. But it seems the majority of the time for me, even exchanging phone numbers, I can't tell you. We could count it up right now. I save most numbers that I get in my phone, and it's their first name and where I met them. Mm-hmm. I probably have over 100, if not more, from like a single app. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... I didn't meet. I didn't meet ninety five percent of those people, oh. or even close to that. You know what I mean? Like it's not. People make match on these apps all the time, and they and I think they think that's immediately going to lead to something. But a lot of times, it's like, oh no, I I the communication style wasn't the same, or like every time I reach out via this, it takes you six hours to respond, not because you're working, but that's just what it is. And it's like, well, that I don't know if that's really going to work for me. I'm not going to meet up with you then. You know, I don't know. I like that you have a John Arbuckle little black book filled with women's <laughs> numbers that just never going to pan out ever. Um, it is fun because, you know, data never dies or whatever. Like, people will just show up on, like, um, my recommended feeds. Like, when a new social media app drops, it's ve- like on Be Real, for example, there are people that I haven't seen in maybe a decade that it's like, would you like to add so-and-so that you met at a bar in Cheney, Washington, summer of 2012? Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? What's up, Audrey? How are you? How you been? How are you being real in 2023? Um, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy being my generation, like the, the younger, like millennial generation. Maybe I'm like a mid-millennial, but just like uh, coming right in, like, as dating apps were like super normalized has made it just really crazy. Like the length of time, like I see the same people, you know, and obviously I'm there too. Right. But you see the same people on the different every, ones. every year or every two years. It's like, Oh, so-and-so is back on the market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, what's up? Oh, you stopped dating so-and-so. Oh, cool. This one was thrown back. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. dude. <laughs> this one was thrown back. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing is like, if you're in your mid thirties, and I've seen you on dating apps since 2017, and you're still posting about like the office or some shit. It's you're <laughs> hopeless. Like it's not going to work for you. You out. obviously have not grown or learned anything. Not been comfortable enough. I think most people, once they reach a certain point, realize it's less about your interests or your hobbies and more just about how you view the world. And like you have to articulate that in some way, whether it's your photos or your sense of humor or cultural references or whatever but i think a lot of people miss the ball on that and they just think oh someone enjoys hiking on the weekends but i don't know the thing with number thing i think uh i had like uh i guess like a traumatic thing where i'm just like no an 18 year old should not be on dating apps it is not healthy for anybody to be that young and on a dating app you should be forced to go to a frat party, go to war. get drugged, and hook up that way. That's how, that's how it, you know, our fathers did it. That's how their fathers did it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, me doing it like the way my father did it. My dad and uh, stepmom right now met through eHarmony. Hell yeah. That fucking rules. 
So I'm I'm a I was born in 2000. I'm already second e Har generation. Dating e Harmony. Now. That's the one that has like the they like claim that they got like the science of love figured out or whatever. They're like 95 percent of our matches end up in relationships or something. Maybe, but that was just the one that was like around in 2012. Yeah, that was the that was the market. Yes, damn, I'm old. That was <laughs> that was certainly the marketing at the time. It was the the dude. He's like a Christian fundamentalist or some shit because. E-Harmony actually got a bunch of shit in the mid-2010s because they didn't, you couldn't be queer on there. You could not look oh. for same-sex relationships. And they got away with it at the time. God, this is like less than a decade ago, dude. Uh, they got away with it at the time. I mean, it's completely normal again, right? But there was a span there where this was heinous. Uh, the idea of being able to discriminate against... Uh, you know, queer people because it didn't fit your algorithm because they, they had figured out the science of matching people, but they claimed it only worked for male-female relationships. Like, this, you can look this shit up. This is all real. Like, 2014, I want to say. There, uh, there is no accurate science for male-on-male relationships. <laughs> no, because, yeah, chaotic pussy. It just doesn't happen. Nope. Um. <laughs> God said no. <laughs> it, well, you know, and to all that, isn't it great that in 2024, we're going to get Trump right back in there? Absolutely, because at least things will be entertaining again. Right now, well, it's, okay. right I, now I, it's just I, depressing and not funny. I'll fucking push back on that. When people are like, oh, Trump is going to be elected so good for comedy. No, it's not. And it never will. <laughs> the fact that he was in office is not what's good for yeah. comedy. Yeah. It's, I, I, I've, I been I, I, I've been telling people it's funny until it's not. And it hasn't... I think if you... View it through the most real lens. None of it is funny, right? But that's also ignoring the previous forty, almost 40, yeah, forty years of uh, conservative politics in this country since Reagan basically got in office, right? So it's like we, depending on how old you were at certain times, like you might have thought that like Bill Clinton was a pretty rad dude, but like. That was the begin. That was the that was the the final nail in like the neoliberal coffin. As far as, uh, yeah, fuck everybody, but besides business owners, there will be no slander of one dollar freedom fries bucket of Bill Clinton <laughs> on chaotic pussy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, knock on all the wood, but that's why I'm like. There's been no great president in my life, yeah. but I, but Jimmy Carter is still alive. Yeah, that's the guy. That he was, is the guy. That was the guy, I guess. Um, but everyone's just like, this guy's a loser. <laughs> yeah, I'm still... I'm Don't get me wrong. I'm still a himbo. I don't know shit about fuck, but Jimmy Carter is the guy that I know my dad still holds on to is like, oh, that was like... Oh, hell yeah. The last great president. You know, that was like, what, 72 or something? 76? Um, yeah, like... Yeah, right before Reagan. Yeah, and it's just like, all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. God, everyone was either just a fucking nerd who knew what was right, or a cowboy who got shit done no matter what. Yeah. Safely in Michigan. I'm just looking at these stupid texts. <laughs> just looking at just this code of numbers that mean women at some point, but yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always ethical, but I, I do it just so I, you know, I think I find it more rude to not save a phone number. You know what I mean? Because then it's just a, it is a series of numbers popping up and I'm like, whatever. This is literally this person I'm, I was just talking about. Uh, that's the only reason why I haven't saved their numbers because I literally don't, not that interested. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, like, 
at what point, like, we've only been texting for, like, three days. At what point do... I, I've already told them I'm not really interested. I don't have really any space for anything romantic in my life. Yeah. And they're not, like, blowing my phone up by any means. But there is this, like, thing in the back of my mind of, like... Like, they've already... Because like, I, I post a lot of sexual shit on my Instagram stories, right? Let's... Yeah, me, me and Rebecca watched the one. Oh, uh, yes. The Tuesday Re- check-in. Yes, yes, yes. So, Rebecca, Rebecca has me on it. Yes, I got you on Instagram now, too. That's right. So... I post a lot of sexual shit on there sometimes, and it's funny um, seeing how different people respond, people that I have slept with, people that I haven't slept with, people that I would sleep with, people that want to sleep with me. (laughs) It's all different aspects of it, right? It's very fun to post that kind of, put that stuff out into the world and just see how people respond. Um, And in this case, this... This woman texted me, like, did not respond to it on Instagram, but texted me directly saying, like, yo, if you want it, I got it. And I was just like, <laughs> all right. Like, I, don't, I think I gave it, like, a thumbs up or something. Like, I don't like, that's a thing that, like, again, I like the spot where I am. I wouldn't give it up. But that's the kind of shit where I think about just, like, growing up and, like, when I did, like, you know, interest in other people, every... Or, like, not even other people, like, in terms of, like, you know, dating them, but just, like, even friends. Mm-hmm. I was always the person to initiate everything. So now that, I, like, I have someone, it's like, oh, good, I don't have to go through shooting a thousand lines and hoping something returns fire. Just And, you know, never had that experience of just, like, uh, I mean, not, like, to the degree of you have it, where, like, many people just coming in, just wanting to talk in, in general or, like, having, like, giving you that kind of attention. The only thing close was just in sophomore year, there were there was an instance where two girls liked me at the same time, mm-hmm. and I, I looking at the situation, both of their dads sucked. They were both control <laughs> freaks. You date you date you date enough, Cameron, and it's like, as soon as you start talking about family issues, you see where the failure was, for <laughs> where the man failed this girl, whether that is. In the in when she was being raised, whether it was a man she dated that mm. failed her in some way, um, and I'm sure it's the same thing from the other side. Like seeing, you know, oh, this is this man has a bad relationship with mom, or uh, you know, had like a, a sister that he was really close with, or whatever, whatever you know, different stuff makes a person up and mm-hmm. affects their their upbringing. But um, you know. Thank God for bad dads, otherwise chaotic pussy would not exist, to be honest with you. So I went with the one that had a phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you were able to contact. Yeah. The one that wouldn't only be through seeing at school. Mm-hmm. But then that the one I didn't pick at the time has a two-year-old now. Yeah. And she was pregnant at age 19. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, growing up in a pretty small town, there was, there was plenty of that. I... I'm not, I told you this, but there was a, a kid, he was actually the quarterback uh, for my class, and I remember him saying our senior year how he could not wait to have children, and I just thought to myself, are you fucking nuts? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're going to throw your career away? You turned 18 two days ago and already got a tattoo. Like, I get that, but like, you're going to have a kid? No, he wasn't good enough to play no. anything else. This is a small town North Idaho. I mean... I made the much safer, the brash option of like, yeah, just be with this person or whatever. But like, I'm, I'm never not thinking of like, 
what if I just lived alone and I could like any weekend's an adventure? And I think if you ask any person in a long term relationship, those thoughts never go away. I think yeah. those are always present. Uh, especially, you know, because every and you know this, you you've been with people long enough. Like every relationship has ups and downs, right? Uh, especially when like things are going a little south or whatever, you're gonna be like, you know, I don't have to fucking do this. I don't have to be here. <laughs> we don't have to, you know, especially if you don't have children or anything. It's like, why am I staying here? Like, what's going on? Yeah, just everything's going great, and I'm just, you know, you're in the middle of, you know, playing a video game or watching TV together, and just. We're laughing, and then 15 minutes later, no one said anything, but then sobbing is occurring, and Fuck. I have to comfort that, and the, the fact that, like, talk, like that, those kind of things are, like, what she's thinking about, too, is, like, have I made the wrong choice? Like, I don't want this to be a permanent choice, maybe, it's like, there's so much more out there, possibly. Yeah. And just trying to navigate not being, like, stay with me. Yeah. But, but like... Also being like, well, I'd also be pretty fucking bummed if you did. And I wouldn't know exactly what to do immediately if you decided to move on. I mean, I think that's where all the... the and it's such a hard conversation, and if not a possible one to have when you're already in a relationship. But like polyamory and like open relationships, I think, are actually truly really healthy. It does really challenge... If you've already had an established dynamic of monogamy... It's 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 like trying to unlearn some of the things because some of the th- if you are in a monogamous relationship initially right you're gonna have um, bonding and like uh, inside jokes that only really developed because you guys had that dynamic if that makes sense yeah like not that it's like a stronger level of intimacy necessarily but just like a different type and then when you then try to open it up those might no longer those bonds might no longer be as strong. And so you have to be willing to find new ones. And I found for me now, like I've never had a a consistent, like long-term partner to truly test that testing may be the wrong word, but the idea of being poly or open is very appealing to me, but I've Mm -hmm. never been with someone in a committed relationship long enough for that to truly be the case where I could like, we could really say that. Um, (sighs) Yeah. I think we've, talked about it Mm -hmm. and it seems like like both of us have been like if i found out like you came home and just told me to my face like you slept with somebody else i don't think either of us would be mad right but that's also not how it works it's not like just like oh by the way i went to the grocery store and got your favorite uh cheerios also i fucked the waitress on the way home or whatever like that's not it's always conversations before (laughs) oh by the way we you know she came out and went out in the parking lot she blew me yeah, uh, but like, I think that's where a, a lot of because if you if you haven't had very open conversations about um, being attracted to other people, whether you're pursuing them or not with your partner, like being able to have conversations like, oh, so and so is attractive, and like romancing, like the idea of romance outside of just sex as well. Like, I think for a lot of people, that's the people that I have sex with, that's who I'm romantic with. And it's not necessarily the same thing. No, that was the other thing is like, we were still like emotionally, we only like think about each other, but like, again, physically it'd be like nice to have that flexibility. Yeah. I think it's so hard, dude, though, because like, unless both people are already in the lifestyle to some extent, like more often than not, 
your girls girls are going to be a little bit more successful. Uh, I, right? Well, and so it's like, I know. It's always, yeah, I know, I know. It's always a learning experience for the guy. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, like, I know that's, like, if we were to green light that, I know that would be the case. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't just be, like, waiting on and waiting for something to develop and then be like, oh, I have something now. Why don't we do this idea now that it's safe for me? Yeah, that's true. I don't know, just be a flirt with everybody. It's fine. I've been doing it the last few years. It's worked out pretty well. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I used to be, and I used to love doing it, and then uh, I don't talk to anybody from my high school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, this is the thing that I wanted to ask you, but you didn't, like, understand. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. So it was, like, in a relationship, I feel like, as the guy, I, not, like, like, obviously, I think it's just unavoidable that the guy, like, overshares, like, the interests. I mean, I, I mean, I could be, I could be shown otherwise, but in my experience, that's all I've seen. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the stuff like we do, like if it's Saturday and we have nothing on the table, she'll like ask me, what do you want to do? And like, I'll have suggestions because if I ask her, she freezes. And this has not been just the case with Rebecca. It's been with other people in the past where like, what do you want to do? And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) So I just like, all right, well, because it's me, let's fucking go to mini golf or Let's just stay at my house and play this particular video game today mm-hmm. or whatever. Or watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like... If that's like... If, that, if, in if, my, that's, if, if in my experience, most women I've dated are similar where they're not... Yeah, if it's that standing and I shouldn't really too feel like bad of like... A lot of the things we do are more predicated around me when we have both free time together. Yeah. I think it just depends on their... Certainly plenty of women I've dated who have so many hobbies and interests like I'm just like I'm good I don't I don't I don't need to participate in half that stuff you want to do on the weekends but mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important to have separate hobbies too because you need to be able to have that alone time or whatever well, I mean like right now she's playing D&D yeah there you go and you're doing nothing and I'm doing life. nothing yeah, worth of value absolutely <laughs> fucking A dude um, and tomorrow same thing with Andres <laughs> <laughs> but the let me think about this for a second. So the the idea that like I think socially we're cultured or a lot of women are cultured in this country to follow the whims of their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to remember that because it's very easy to be in our bubbles on like social media and even in like our friend groups. Like obviously you're not going to surround yourself with a bunch of people that like disagree with you on like, you know, Especially as you get older, you're going to get more and more firmly held beliefs in the way certain things are, and then it's going to be very hard to have a more diverse friend group as far as thought, especially when it comes to, like, you know, modern politics and stuff. Um, So the idea of, like, um, women taking the lead more often than not when it comes to plans. Now, I will say that, like, I think as women age, they find that confidence. Because they just start dating more and more men and realize, oh, they're all dumb as fuck. I have to figure <laughs> this out. Like, you're kind of told, we're kind of like brainwashed when you're younger. They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's patriarchal bullshit. They're like, oh, yeah, men men are going to be able to make these decisions. And like, oh, yeah, just, it's, it'll be fine and it's fun and I'll be cute and I'm just going to be, you know, passenger princess or whatever. But, like, eventually you're like, oh, this guy has, like, terrible taste in restaurants. <laughs> like, maybe I shouldn't fucking just trust Chad, you know. Um <laughs> 
Because I will say, as I've got, I, I, I do think, like, dating for me has only gotten better as I've gotten older, as well as, like, because when you're 23 years old, you're not going to attract a 35-year-old woman. They're not interested in dating a 23-year-old beyond, beyond just maybe fucking you, because yeah. they know they're smarter than you. Uh, and it's, it's vice versa, right? Like, it's just how it is. It's like, oh, but we are, it's a mutually beneficial thing. And I think if everyone's in agreement there, it's totally fine. Not that that wasn't me just like going into defending myself for sleeping with a college <laughs> senior in the last year, but like, um, listen, she's going to grad school, okay? She's smart. She reads books, like philosophy <laughs> books. She reads all the smart people stuff. All right. Uh, He's defending his class. <laughs> <laughs> Great boobies. Um, but now I'm, thinking about, now I'm just thinking about boobs, dude. My, I'm gone. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's just... Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's really hard to say... And who, and I know for certain, in another decade, I will have a completely different view on a lot of this stuff. But I do think, especially from my experience in my early to mid-20s, like, most people don't know... You think you know anything about dating or, like, connecting and stuff, but it's really hard to really... And, and it's completely different, right, with the pandemic. And I feel like th- there's so much, like, different things happening culturally and socially that uh, affect the, the pace at which someone would develop as far as, like, their, their relationships and relating to one another. But um, so maybe that timeline has been shortened a bit. But for me, at least, it was definitely not until uh, my early 30s that I really start to look around and be like, oh, okay, now I can kind of see, like, before I would even get to a first date, I would know kind of how long a relationship would last. And maybe maybe part of that is just me limiting myself, but I really feel like there are people I'm attracted to and are attracted to me. I'm like, this is going to last two weeks. <laughs> and then yeah. sure enough, it's like, that's it. We we did all we did all there is here. This is we figured it all out. You know, we got we got to we got a certain point and that was it. And so we're hoping uh Chaotic pussy can last longer. <laughs> last than longer two weeks. than two weeks. What are your What are your Mr. Cameron? What are your hopes and goals for Chaotic Pussy as a franchise? Well, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. through this, I don't know. Maybe I get into uh, fucking just a website that I could post all my stuff, like the thing that me and my friends are doing mm-hmm. about making that uh, music book, mm-hmm. and through that and various other avenues. The dream goal is that we are insanely lucky and somehow down the line yeah this gets clicks in some aspects of life and then i don't have to do anything forever and i could just be one you, of the 0.1 percent lucky people do you remember earlier when you asked me the literally at the beginning of this when you asked me that qu- stupid ass fucking question oh yeah 10 and, I, and i said i would right take now. 50 dollars. yeah if i get five cents from talking into a microphone that's a, that's a success yeah that, that is beyond a success absolutely oh. Yeah, uh, you know, Chaotic Pussy Enterprises is still in their baby <laughs> stages. And, yeah, like, it might be more of this where it's more on the fucking dating side of it. It's absolutely going to be that. Oh, okay, so that's, I, okay, so I, mean, uh, we, I didn't even know, because I felt like, uh, like I was willing to put in, like, an eighth more of the legwork yeah. than you. You ever dated a stripper? No, dude, I, I, I it's got, a good time, I got practically married when I was 18. <laughs> Data stripper, my goodness. <laughs> this woman uh, that just popped up on my Instagram feed, she's 
not even a professional. I don't think she ever did it professionally. She just goes to amateur nights. Did you know that's a thing? <laughs> we got amateur like, it, like, hour at like, the pole. Like, there are women, and in, in, in this gal's case, she was, like, naturally inclined. She was, like, a dancer, yogi type person already, but, like, um, and also just loves attention. But the idea, her words, uh, <laughs> just, want, just want to make that clear. She loves attention because she's told me that. It's her fetish, okay? I'm not making a judgment on her. But she, uh... Listen, you already called her an amateur stripper. Like, <laughs> you, you don't need to boost her up like, anymore. Those were the first pictures she was sending me was her, like, amateur night at her at her club. And I was like, this rules. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Like, And it makes sense with all, like, the flirty girl fitness type stuff that's out there now. Like, you learn all those moves and you get in that shape. And it's like, well, I kind of want to go do this and maybe earn a few bucks. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Yeah, Rebecca was like, why do all girls, like, slightly younger than me dress the same? Just with the, you know, super short shorts and, you know, tank tops. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, that's that's the style forever. Mm-hmm. Because it's just the most look at me Yeah. 22 years old, how is she going to dress? The, the closest that I've come to that was just this girl, the first person I met at Oregon State. She was like, what are you here for? I'm like, oh, you know, fucking business administration because I'm not smart enough for any of the actual sciences. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for my husband, like, right now. Nice. And just started talking to me more. <laughs> I bet that works out a decent amount of time. If you get into, like, a good school and you, like, like take some engineering courses or some shit. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to be one of the few women in those classes. You know, some high-level mathematics course or something. Um, Listen... Rich guys, they're going to be easy to find because they know they had to work for it more. Mm. Not saying pe- girls that are rich like didn't work for it. I'm just more in like, the situation that I'm more in is like, I got lucky because she's inherently rich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a lot harder to like, don't have the plan <laughs> in college. I'm going to go find a rich girl. <laughs> it's hard to find somebody, and I'm sure women have the same issue. But as a, a, a low-income worker, uh, when you date people that make, that have like, quote-unquote, real jobs, aka, you know, they make more than a living wage, Yeah, uh, it's pretty tough to, like, find people that you still connect with, because I feel like having to, you, unless you are just, like, a pure child of nepotism, like, you have to work your ass off. To get a job that makes you 80K a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, nowadays. And so, like, you're usually working 50 to 60 hours a week. You don't have time to, you know, be on the internet and, like, just filling your brain with rot. But also, like, developing more of a worldview outside of your day-to-day. You know what I mean? Because even though the internet's clearly a mistake, like, the idea of being able to talk to people from different ways of life and see different ways of thinking, I think is actually like really beneficial. I don't know how how realistic that is nowadays. Like obviously kids are just being fed to the algorithm of YouTube, like from the time they're four. So like they don't really get to explore in the same way that you used to, you know? Yeah. Did you get to see that at all? That internet before the algorithms took over and there was only four websites? I got on YouTube when I was seven, back in 2007. Okay. And that's when I started, like, developing my own choices in the terms of, like, Let's Players. Yeah. People just play video games. And that's where I got a lot of, like, comedy that that I took from that wasn't, like, 
comedians my dad watched right. would be from YouTube people that, again, weren't... Like, I never was into, like... I guess the biggest from my time was PewDiePie mm-hmm. or, like, Markiplier. Those mm-hmm. weren't my guys. Mm-hmm. There were guys that, like... I guess maybe the biggest of those are, like, the machinima people, like C-Nanners mm-hmm. and Hutch. Mm-hmm. That, that is when I watched it when I was, like, 10, 11. When I was 10 or 11... Let's see. It's 2000. So, so I moved, yeah. I moved school districts in seventh grade. So it was kind of a reset, like socially and everything. But that was also like prime. I was in seventh grade when, uh, and, and when it's coming up in like a week and a half. Because the clubs at work are starting on 9-11. Never forget. It's crazy, bro. Like seeing those numbers. There is PTSD associated with that. Oh, yeah, that. you actually, like, have a nice memory. I'm like, <laughs> I was in seventh grade. I was in Mrs. Petowello's fucking social studies class. So, funny enough, uh, so I was new to the school that year. So, I was already kind of, you know, like, awkward or whatever. I didn't know anybody. Um, it was a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade school. So, a lot of kids knew each other from the previous year. Uh, we moved school districts, seventh grade. I had banned first period. And the dumbest motherfucker in the class, Cody something... He was cross-eyed. That's all I remember. He, he just looked stupid. He was dumb as fuck. He was dumb as fuck. He looked, and he like looked he stupid. Bad. He definitely impregnated his girlfriend that they started dating like sophomore year of high school. They definitely have had like four kids that are also dumb as fuck. There's no way that did not happen. But anyways, Cody comes up to me and says something like, what did he fucking... He said something like, did you hear they bombed like Philadelphia? He said some insane... <laughs> they had it way off. They bombed the fucking Rocky statue. <laughs> yeah, he was like, it was it was definitely something like, yo, they took out the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because for whatever reason, that morning, usually one of my folks would have had the TV on and you would have been able to see the news. Because mm-hmm. um, we were West Coast, but by the time I would have West left for school, we would have seen you know what was going down. Yeah, because it happened at like 6 a.m. over here. But uh, like I remember getting the first period and being like, no, no, no. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then we get into the second period, and that's when uh, I think one of the two towers was still standing at that point. Maybe, maybe both were still standing. And I remember my teacher wheeling out the fucking TV <laughs> and just being like, hey, we're just going to watch this because it was literally social studies class. It's like, you're watching history. You're like, watching the biggest moment in history yes. until like the fucking Epstein trials. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I remember uh, Robbie sat behind me and one of my favorite things about Robbie is that, like, on the second day of school, he leaned in close to the lead to my ear and whispered, I smell your stinky fart. And I was just, like, losing it. I didn't know this kid at all. <laughs> um, but he's just, you know, telling, <laughs> telling, like, seductively whispering in my ear that he <laughs> that he smells the shit that came out of my pants. And I was like, this is insane. Because I... I <laughs> Like I said, I was brand new to the fucking school. I was like, is this how they do it? Well, like, I was going like, to say, I'm glad this? to know that West Coast High School's humor stayed the exact same. And if we were to have that moment right now, you do not think one of those kids would make just do that as yeah. a bit? No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, 9-11. Uh, so funny. What a, what a funny day. Also, funny enough, my dad's birthday. Never forget. Oh, so... <laughs> birthday of my English teacher who uh, I was going to bring in 
a bobblehead of Pablo Sandoval, mm-hmm. San Francisco Giants, because mm-hmm. he's just a big fan. And my dad just goes, yeah, you don't want to bring that in today. I'm like, why? <laughs> and just got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why did you get arrested? Uh, it was, uh, like, dating a former student later. Oh, nice. Type of thing. Nice. Oh, you were talking about, I thought you were talking about Pablo. No, 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 not you're Pablo. About the, you're talking about no, the teacher. No, Big Poppy didn't do anything. Pa- Pablo did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't bring that in. You know was funny? A bad well, guy. Honestly, and maybe this is problematic, but my uh, high school economics teacher, uh, he, Mr. Wood, he was one of the uh, my favorite teachers in high school because he he like was personable. I mean, he would like you know get a little worked up. Maybe had some anger issues when kids were being assholes or whatever. But like, if you were like funny and chill, he was like a good time, and he'd be playing you know Journey and stuff during class, and I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he definitely married, he came to our school district because he started dating and married a former student, like a, he, uh, a high school senior. He was like mm-hmm. probably late twenties and they definitely, as soon as she graduated, they like were in a relationship and got married when she was like 20. Um, yeah, that was wild. I didn't keep up a relationship with him after high school, but other friends of mine, I know at some point showed up to his house with beer when they were like 19 or 20 and they definitely just all drank at his house. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, a vice principal who all of a sudden disappeared and we didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And then we learned that he was literally just stalking a woman in England for like six to eight months. <laughs> Where's Mr. Johnson? Uh... <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh my god! That I I had never met that guy. I just know that story about him. What mm. I did know was we had a security guard at the high school match on Tinder with a junior. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Jesus. You know, security is a nice way in to be a predator at a school. Absolutely. I yeah. Top, I, I have a badge. Give me your trust. Top top three jobs for sure. Yeah, basically anything where you wear a badge. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if I, you know, you know, cop. Oh, chef's hat. Let's do let's do a segment. Can we do a segment? Sure. Okay. All right. It might be depressing. It might be based. The other day it was based. I got this book, working class history, mm-hmm. and it's chronological. It's today, the thirtieth. These are just like events that, like, important for working class times, or. Uh. Oh, yeah, I, I read about this one earlier. You want to hear some fucked up shit? Yeah. Screen icon and Black Panther supporter Gene Seberg died by suicide following a campaign of harass- harassment by the FBI, which had tragically resulted in the death of her premature baby nine years prior. So I was... Suicide. <laughs> so I was reading about this, because they, they also have, like, an Instagram page. Apparently, uh... She got pregnant, and she was dating some other famous actor, and because she was a vocal Black Panther supporter, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, you know, socialist, essentially, she was, uh, the FBI, like, um, basically actively spread rumors that she was pregnant by one of the leaders of the Black Panthers, mm-hmm. and which, you know, when was this, 1979, was more than just, oh, a child out of wedlock, it was still, yeah. like, the interracial thing and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, yeah, she ended up having, like, an anxiety or, like, a panic attack about it and lost her baby. 
And so then this is saying like yeah, nine years later, she uh, committed suicide, died by suicide following a campaign of arrest by the FBI. Yeah. Listen, if you don't think the CIA has a heart attack, Ray, think again. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, she overdosed on sleeping pills and subsequently delivered a premature baby who died two years later. So it's like, you know, the the classic old story of we're going to find someone with mental illness uh, and tell them, you know, to take these pills or assassinate a a sitting president. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, hey, here's here's a gun. (laughs) Do, Do what you must. But yeah, working class history. There you go. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's been a, an hour. That's more than 20. Oh, yeah. We should, we should subject your brother to more than an hour of our rambling. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, I now. Do you have a sign-off? Uh, everything. No, I just had the intro. Everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. That was what chaotic pussy sounds like. Be the greatest man alive.